0: Cajun's head, Coach Blaine Napier here with me on the Boss Man Show. Coach Napier, I, I know you're happy as all get out to be the coach of Louisiana, man. How's it feel so far?
1: Well, it's going well. You know, I think we've been here about uh, three months, you know, this this next couple of days. So we've made lots of progress, certainly put together a quality staff. Uh, and I'm excited about the players uh, and the progress that they've made so far in this offseason program.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, oh, what does it mean you get the opportunity to lead this program and put your stamp on this university in the community of Lafayette? Because, Coach, you know, being the head man, you got the point man for the whole city, been a the, the college football coach there in a certain town. So, what does it mean you have the responsibility of being the, the point man for this program and this university going for the years to come?
1: Well, you know, I grew up um, back in the, you know, where you guys were out there in Georgia, my dad was the head a football coach in a high school in that state, and certainly uh, having an opportunity growing up, observing him. Uh, this has been a dream of mine to be a head football coach and have my own team. And uh, certainly being a little bit younger guy uh, in my 30s here, um, it's exciting, a challenge to take on, and a great opportunity. Um, this place in particular, I think it, the sky's the limit. And uh, certainly I'm excited about what we can do here.
0: Now, Coach, I want to get in there with you. I, you know, if you're from Chatsworth, Georgia. A little, right up, I, I 75 from, uh, up here in, Coach, you know, our family in Dalton, Georgia. So I have to directly right. pass through Chatsworth to get to Dalton, Georgia. So talk a little bit about how we're growing up in Chatsworth, how that, how that molded you to the man you are today.
1: Well, you know, Chatsworth is in Murray County, uh, and it's a blue-collar town, you know, mostly – uh, farmers there, and certainly a lot of carpet uh, mill workers. You know, Dad uh, was the was the football coach there, and certainly we dealt with a lot of those families throughout the years. And, um, you know, it was a great place to go up. You know, I think sometimes uh, I take that for granted that we were able to be in that same community there. Certainly the people were really good to my dad, my mom, and our, and our family. So um, that place – you know, it made me who I am. And certainly the people that I met there, uh, the values that went along with living there and that that part of the state, uh, was a big deal, uh, in determining where I went and you know, uh what I've been able to accomplish so far.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, you feel like the same things about the Lafayette community, similar, similar background from Chatsworth to Lafayette, because it's a blue-collar town of me. You know, you guys down there got a lot of meals down there, a lot of warehouses down there, the same kind of blue-collar people. So you feel like that your style and your background fits this university in this town so perfectly for this community. They're going to look to you and your team as examples for the young kids coming up in that community.
1: Yeah, the Cajun culture here is really unique, you know, and I think it's uh – this is a really special community, Acadiana in general. Um, you know, the kind of 35 million radius from Lafayette, there's about 860,000 people. So uh, this is a community that really is growing it's, and it's developing. It recently got voted the number one place to live in the state of Louisiana, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, USA Today came out and said it was the happiest city in the United States of America, so... Certainly the culture here is unique. We've got great people. There's tremendous passion about the university and certainly about this area. Uh, Great pride uh, in what the Grayson Cajun culture stands for, and I'm excited to be a part of that.
0: Yes, indeed. I, I know you mentioned your dad who was a football coach, and he helped mold you as well. in the coach, to talk only get a little bit about, about your background in coaching and some people in the coaching business, and also personally, professionally, who's really helped you in your career as a coach to get you to this point today to lead the, the Raging Cajuns going forward.
1: Well, you know, it, it all goes back to dad, you know, and just the originally the intentions of being a high school football coach and pursuing the same career that he had. Uh, ultimately, I got a, a chance to get started in college football at a young age. running really my first full-time position when I was 26, um, with at Clemson University, I've been able to work with some really uh, quality men. You know, starting out with Buddy Pugh at South Carolina State, I also worked for Tommy Bowden, Dabo Sweeney, uh, Jim McElwain, uh Todd Graham, and certainly uh, Coach Nick Saban. At Alabama for five seasons, so not only those head coaches, but the assistants that you get to know along the way, uh, they make an impact just in terms of how you go about your business, um, and and really doing it in a professional manner.
0: Yes, indeed, Coach. And I think that's what's good about you. You have a background in different positions on a staff. So being the head, man, you kind of know what these guys go through because you've been in their shoes too. And it also helps you that you can relate to all guys across the roster. You just wasn't one side of the ball here, one side of the ball there. You can touch every every part of the roster. So you you can relate to anybody from the long snapper on down to the quarterback, whoever, you can relate to them all.
1: Well, I I think that – uh, that has been valuable. You know, certainly, having been uh, recruiting coordinator, having been an offensive coordinator, being some different assistant head coach type roles, uh, coaching receivers has really been beneficial for me. I've also coached tight ends uh, and quarterbacks. So, played quarterback. Certainly, a little bit of an offensive flavor, um, you know, to my. Uh, that side of the ball but we we excited about the the big picture all three phases working well together uh, to play winning football and uh, having a chance to kind of put my own fingerprint uh, on this program is a big deal and and i'm excited about this opportunity
0: and uh, coming from alabama coach i know you know the landscape of louisiana talent you know the scope of alabama and georgia and mississippi talent so as you market this program to kids and, and market the program to the community, uh, who do you plan, how do you plan on selling these kids in Louisiana who don't get recruited by LSU to choose you instead, or don't get recruited by Alabama to choose you and stay home and come build some and have, have some special down there in Lafayette with, with you guys and the raging Cajuns?
1: Well, you know we've done a lot of research since we got here, and certainly you know our focus in recruiting is going to be on a six-hour radius from here. It's about 700 Division One players within six hours of this place. So, we're going to zero in on those uh, 700 players. Obviously, the emphasis being starting from the inside out. Uh, we've got tremendous talent right here in the backyard in the state of Louisiana, and we want to make that a priority. You know, I'm excited about sending our coaches out this spring. We're going to go to every high school in the state. Uh, we're going to focus on building relationships to sustain. Uh, and putting ourselves in position to where we've got a roster uh, that represents this state in first-class manner. We also have uh, great areas that border this state, You know, whether that be Mississippi, the Panhandle, South Alabama, uh, obviously Houston, Texas, and the Golden Triangle, up into Arkansas. I mean, there's great uh, opportunity uh, right around us, and uh, that's where we're going to spend our time and focus our energy.
0: Exactly, coach, and I, I love that about your location. Like you said, I, I say, in real estate, it's all about location, 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 and having that radius. So we can get to all those great players. So you always gonna have time to be able to turn over and get talent to come in there because it's so many can, and they have to go somewhere. You know, <laughs> you know, everybody ain't gonna, gonna scoop them all up. So I, I, I love that for, for you that in that area. That you can get all that talent to come and join your team and join your program and get, and get immersed in, in your culture.
1: Right. And, you know, it's about the ones you get. You know, you got to do a great job evaluating. you got to do a really good job of targeting uh, kind of your your type of guy uh, and really recruit to your systems on both sides of the ball. I think we've got a, a really sharp staff. I'm excited. We've got a good mix of veteran coaches and some young, talented guys. Uh, and overall, we've been able to put together an infrastructure in the organization that I think is going to help us have success. Uh, as we kind of work our way through our year-round plan for development uh, for our current team, and also our strategy in recruiting.
0: And coach, uh, and speaking of the young men, you want to bring to your program. Uh, what's the type of young man you want to bring to your program and uh, into your culture as you establish it in Louisiana Lafayette? And uh, what, what are the things you, you you preach to a kid when you when you're trying to recruit and bring him to your program? Because I feel like. I feel like when you sell a key on education to their parents and, and your values, that's usually what hooks them. So how are you going to get these guys to come on down there and join you guys, Coach?
1: Well, it's it's about a, a big-picture plan. You know, we want our, our young men to have a well-rounded experience, and we want them to benefit from the time here, not only as a football player, uh, but really putting a priority on the type of human being they are when they leave this place, you know, prepared for the real world, a set of principles and values uh, that can last uh, for the rest of their life. And certainly education's a big part of that. You know, we want to have a disciplined team. We want to have a team that gives great effort in everything that they do, whether that's how they play on Saturdays in the fall or an approach that they take as a citizen, um, I mean, as a student. And certainly when you move to Lafayette, uh embracing the culture and embracing this community is a big deal it's a special special community uh and we think we've got lots to sell we've got a great experience here in all those areas uh and this is a place where young men can come here grow develop uh learn and uh, be better because of their time here
0: yes indeed and and the coach i want to finish up which we're asking you this because i know it's been a whirlwind for you coach uh What's been your typical day They day, the day since you've been the coach there? Because I can only imagine you got a lot of meetings, meeting with boosters, donor sponsors, meeting with the community people. Uh, so what's your day like typically since you've been here, the of coach now these past three months you've, you've been in Lafayette?
1: Well, just to give you an example, today, um, you know, our staff came in. I got in early this morning before we had the staff meeting at 730. Uh, we, we watched the first day of spring practice film. Uh, then we had a little bit of an intermission there, had an administrative staff meeting around 11 o'clock and some covered, um, you know, recruiting, covered the injury report, covered a couple of different things relative to what we've got this afternoon. Uh, and then we watched the practice field. Um, I had to speaking at luncheon today for an organization called Eat Laugh Yet, uh, which is really a lot of local businessmen and businesswomen, uh, that are in the restaurant business, apparel business, and certainly in the hotel business. So, uh, really just trying to get out and about and uh, build relationships that can help everybody. I think, uh, you know, it's truly a team effort if you want to have success uh, in the athletic world, especially at college level. So, um, we're going to go in here. We've got some meetings later today to kind of meet with the players and uh, have a little bit of film review, clean up some mistakes uh, from yesterday, and then, Obviously, we'll do some recruiting uh, this afternoon and this evening. So, um, that's a typical day this time of the year, man. And uh, I love it. Uh, we love it around here.
0: I love it, Coach. I love, I love being busy. And, Coach, you definitely are busy. Now, Coach, now, next time you're in, you're in Atlanta, Coach, uh, love to have you in the studio, turn on our live stream here and have everybody here in Atlanta see you on the live stream, talk about the program. I know a lot of Georgia players up here who love to come down to Lafayette, Louisiana, and get some of that good cooking and get some of that good culture that you got down there brewing.
1: Come on, man. That's what I would tell you. You know, you got to see this place with your own two eyes to believe it. And uh, it's truly a great place, and we're excited about building something special here.
0: Coach Napier, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be a special program down there at Lafayette. Coach, we look forward to having you on the show again. Let's get closer to playing playing this year, Coach.
1: Thank you, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for covering our team. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You too, Coach. All right. Go (laughs) Cajuns.
0: the Boss Man Show. We're joined by the new coach, South Alabama Jaguars Steve Campbell. Spring practice is there He's evaluating talent down there and Coach Campbell's on the line with us today. Coach Campbell, I know you're happy to be down there in Mobile with the Jaguars. Talk to us about how it's been going so far.
3: Yeah, things have been going really well, JR. uh You know, we've Uh, We're able to put together a staff that I really, really like. I love our coaching staff. I like the the young men that we've got uh, here working with us. Uh, We're installing right now, you know, a brand new offense, brand new defense. And, uh, you know, we're four days in. Uh, I've got a long way to go, but I love the way that the kids are working. And, uh, you know, they've got a a very hungry group, and uh, they're a fun group to work with. And
0: Coach, what did it mean to you to get this opportunity coming from central Arkansas to come in there over to South Alabama, lead, lead this program, and lead the University in the city of Mobile going forward?
3: Yeah, you know, this this is kind of coming home for me, junior I'm from right down the road in, in Pensacola, which is about 45 minutes down the road. So, uh, you know, when South Alabama started football, you know, nine years ago, we're going into year 10 now. I always thought that, you know, it was a gold mine, a, a tremendous opportunity, you know, because you're in the, of the heart of football country, you know, Mobile, Alabama. When I think of football, I think of the, you know, the, you know, kind of the state of Alabama has always had tremendous, you know, high school football, college football, and you know, football is really important in this state. And, you know, South Alabama has been a great athletic school for years. You know, they've had tremendous success in, in basketball, tremendous success in baseball, and Uh, been good and you know all of the sports that they that they put out and you know always said if they ever started football you know they'd have a tremendous opportunity to do some special things and you know when this opportunity came up it was one that i jumped at uh you know you're, you're in a great football location we're you know in the heart of south alabama with florida you know, 30 minutes down the road, and Louisiana's not far, and we're we're next door to Mississippi, which, you know, some of your all-time greats are from, you know, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana. I mean, we're located in the middle of a, a tremendous talent bed. And, you know, the resources are here. South Alabama's a tremendous school. You know, academically, we've got a medical school, an engineering school, tremendous college of business, school of education. Uh, so it it offers, you know, I mean, academically, athletically, uh, location-wise, we're right by the beach. I mean, there's not a whole lot more you could want, uh, you know, in a, a college opportunity than what South Alabama has to offer.
0: Exactly, coach. And I feel like some of our listeners here in South Georgia, and even here in Atlanta and beyond, where, like the, the young men will see a good opportunity to go to the beach, and you're still at the South, not 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 too far away from home, a sub. Uh, sub climate is kind of tropical, it doesn't get too cold, too crazy. A great education, like you said, coach, and a coach who cares about them as students as, as an athlete as well too. So, I feel like a lot of times business business coach, a lot of guys on focus on the athlete part, not not the student part, not to being a young man part of the equation. Just only so see them as as a football player and a number. And I'm glad how you feel already established. You care about these these guys, as young men and people, and to give them a good education and a good experience down down in Mobile.
3: Yeah. You know, the. to me, Jr. you know, winning, you know, winning's about you're going to win on the field whenever you take care of all the business off the field. Winning is winning. Yeah. I think it was Lombardi said that, you know, winning's not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. And that goes to, you know, how, how you treat uh, your neighbor, how you treat the people that that work with you, that you come in contact with in the community how you approach you know your class how you approach your your academics i mean winning is is an all the time deal and that, and that's the way we're approaching it when we take there's a lot of little things that that go into winning and that's you know that's the same in the classroom you know be on time make sure you have all your resources Uh, sit up in the first two rows, say yes, sir, yes, Uh, ma'am. There's a million little things that will make you successful in the classroom, just like there's a million little things that make you successful on the football field. You know, covering the four points of the football, having great ball security, great stance, first step, hat placement, elbows in tight, thumbs up, uh, bending the hips and knees, you know, there's a million you know, and and that's what we're trying to do is to teach the the little things that that will help you win not only on the football field but off the football field. And if you do those things, that a lot of them are just you know uh, honoring your your fellow man and then honor the game of football. You know, if you if you if you love football, you you you'll want to do it right. Uh, and if you love your fellow man, you'll want to treat them right. So to me, it all ties together.
0: Yes, sir. Coach, I couldn't agree with you more because, you Coach, uh, my father was a coach, so I got those same lessons from a young man to now being 31 years old. It's those lessons I got from pretty much from the time I could walk to now, you know, so I, right. I just definitely That's know what right. you're talking about, Coach, and I understand it truth, truly and dearly.
3: Yeah 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 it, it all ties together and to me football is you know and there's there's a lot of things that that can teach that and i think that's our charge as as coaches and educators and just as as citizens of of, of this country to you know to help our young people because they are the, the they're the leaders of tomorrow and you know and as you get older you realize tomorrow is not that far away uh, yeah. you know and you know this is a uh you know and Being here at South Alabama is a great platform to, to help the young people and, and, uh, you know, and we want to bring a championship here to South Alabama. We haven't won a, a Sun Belt Conference Championship yet. And, you know, it's a young program with, uh, tremendous, you know, opportunity in front of it. You know, our, our goal is to, to win the conference championship and to, uh, to produce, you know, the great leaders of tomorrow as we're doing
0: that. Now, coach, I know you've been there a few months here now. Uh, who are some young men you've identified already going to be key cogs to your system, offensively and defensively this season going forward?
3: Yeah, you know that. You know it takes a team, uh, and that's that's the big thing that we've got to do is is to to, to build the the, the that to reestablish that team concept. And the guys have been, been working tremendously hard at doing that. And I love the way that the, the, the all of them are pulling together and, and and pushing for each other and some guys that are going to be key players. Uh, we've got three senior quarterbacks. And, you know, I love the way that they've been working, from Cole Garvin, Dallas Davis, and Evan Orth, And we've got a, a freshman quarterback that is very, very talented, and uh, he's got a lot of special qualities about him in Cephas Johnson. So I uh, like our quarterbacks, you know, there's a competition going on there this spring and I'm sure it will carry on, you know, throughout preseason of, of who's going to be the starter. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm not against, you know, playing more than one of them at all. We, you know, uh, you know, we want to, you know this year I think who was it uh Carson Wentz played for quite a bit and then Foles came in and helped lead them to the Super Bowl so yes sir. uh you know you, you 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 can play more than one quarterback and be successful uh you know up front uh you know Noah Fisher has been a has been a really good player for us and has been a leader for us on the offensive line I, I like the way he has played along with uh you know a, a, a lot of those guys uh you know defensively you know bull barge over at at linebacker brings some stability he was a a starter last year on a team that um that you know statistically would did a good job defensively and and, you know we need to keep getting better over there but i like the the leadership that bull has brought uh you know nigel lawrence is a guy in the the defensive secondary that has uh that has impressed me and we, we haven't been here uh you know but a couple of months, but you can see that he's got some special qualities to him. Uh, Malcolm Bugs is a guy that's got some some special qualities. Tyree Turner, uh, you know, there there there's a, a, some guys over there on Sean Gray, or uh, there's some guys on defense that that have played a lot and a little more experience over there. You know, talent-wise, Jamarius Way has has really shown up offensively, and young man has worked tremendously hard during the. Uh, during the off-season and as having a really good spring. I look for him to have kind of a a breakout year. Uh, He's an outstanding talent and a very hard worker. Uh, You know, there's Cam Taylor at at tight end is a guy that I think. Uh, Collier Smith is a, a, a super super back tight end that's got some special a lot of special qualities. so you know we're, we're still you know we've been two days in full gear now so we're four practices in but i'm already seeing some guys you know stepping to the forefront and each day i'm seeing more and more guys step up and we need to we need to keep that going
0: yes indeed coach and i, I gotta ask you coach uh Coming from the FCS, does that help you to better identify those dominant or rough talents that may get, get passed over by those Power Five conferences? You can kind of get them to come to your, your school. And say, hey, you don't to go to FCS level. You, I feel like you're to play at our level in the Sunbelt Conference and still be a standout player and, and contribute. Because I feel like coaching at that level, you can kind of eyeball talent and whether you can kind of know where, is, is good talent for you guys or, or able to go to FCS and go to your school and still get that dream of playing. D one football, so I feel like it's going to help you, coach. You feel the same way
3: about that? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you know, I've been at all levels from the from the SEC to junior college to Division two to the FCS, and and at every level, you you, you need great football players. I mean, you know, we want a national championship in Division two. You, you did that with great football players, guys that could play anywhere. Um, the same thing in JUCO. I mean, you, if you're playing JUCO with what somebody may think of as a JUCO, you're not going to be – you need great football. There's great football players at every level. Now, what it forces you to do when you're not at the FBS level is evaluations a lot more important to me than, than uh, say, recruiting per se. You need to do a great job of evaluating talent and finding the guys that are – you know that are that might be you know uh, for one that the SEC uh, for that are SEC talent, but you know players and uh, you know because every year uh, you know there there are guys that you know uh, like I say we talked about Carson Wentz just a minute ago, the kid from North Dakota State who led them to a couple of national championships. He led the Eagles to you know uh, 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 there there are guys that uh you know that. At every level of football, and I think that's what being at the the FCS level and in junior college and Division Two helps you realize there's a lot of great football players out there. What you've got to do is find them and develop that talent and uh, help those guys reach their goals. Now, here at the FBS level, uh, you're I don't know you're you're open to a lot more. There are a lot more guys that that want to play at that the very highest level. Um uh, and you know, you know here at the very highest level, uh a lot more guys, a lot more opportunities, uh, there're a lot more guys willing to to listen to your to your sales pitch on your program and the great thing here the, the sales pitch you've got is tremendous education, medical school, engineering school, tremendous academics, playing football at the highest level in Mobile, Alabama. So you know it's not a hard sale at all.
0: You got there right, Coach. Now, Coach, going from FCS, nah, they have a playoff. So, do you feel yep. like it would be good for the, the college football playoff to go to eight teams over, rather than four to give guys like from South Sun Belt Conference, the American Conference, a chance to actually get in in that get in that field of, of eight rather than just be to those top four teams and everybody else is just playing out the, the bowl the bowl season without the opportunity to win a national title.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of the of the playoff system, and you know, and I think it ought to be open. I think you know, if you win your conference, you, you know, I'm a big believer in winning winning the national championship on the field. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of work to do, but I, I love the the way that our guys are working, and you know, we we would like to get to that point where, you know, where we have an opportunity to play for a national championship, and that's our goal, and that's our mission. So I, I'm definitely. Uh, a proponent of a of a an increased playoff system.
0: Now, coach, last one I got for you is I know it's probably been like a whirlwind for you being new head coach out South Alabama. So, talk to us, coach, like what's a typical day like for you and the staff as you've established yourself in South Alabama and Mobile for you guys? Because I know it's been probably a whirlwind and crazy some of these days here lately.
3: Yeah, yeah, it has been. Uh, you know, we come in early. You know. Um, uh, you know, a lot of days start at you know six in the morning, and then you you know you finish around you know eight or nine at night, and uh, and then get ready to go for the next day. Right now, uh, we just got finished earlier today. We had staff meeting this morning. We watched practice from yesterday, and now we're walking through. We've got a recruiting day coming up, a junior day coming up here this weekend. Uh, so we went through our our. You know our notes on practice. We're going to practice, and then have you know a uh, you know probably a couple of hundred recruits up on campus and just walking through all the logistics of that, making sure that we've got everything squared away. And then you, uh, you know, we've got weeks this afternoon. We've got film this afternoon, and then we'll have uh, I don't know our, our meetings to, to to go over installation for tomorrow. So. You know, it's it's a pretty pretty busy day, but it's you know when you when you get to do something you love, you feel like you you know it's it, you never I feel like I've been blessed. I've never had to work a day of my life because uh, you know since I've gotten out of college. Because you know when you when you're coaching football, that's your that's your love, and it's yeah you know, I don't even consider it work. It's just you know a, a task to accomplish, but it's it's something that you love to do.
0: Coach, I feel the same exact way about being on the, on the radio doing tv and media i've been doing this since 2009 coach it's not like work today awesome. i love it getting getting cover of sports every day is a blessing the lord has blessed me dearly right. with this with this job i have and host radio shows talk to guys like yourself other people i've had talked to i'll tell you what coach I'll, i'm with you it's not work it's just a blessing that the lord has given us both
3: that's right that's right jr i feel the same way man
0: well Coach Campbell, I can't wait to have you on the show again down the road. I wish you all play Georgia or Georgia State this year, but I, I see you all don't. But I can't wait to get yeah. I can't wait to get the trick on the mobile and see you guys play or have you all up in Atlanta playing at Turner Field, which is a very unique place to play at. A baseball field now football stadium, real unique, man. You will you will enjoy the atmosphere there, that coach, I can guarantee you.
3: Yeah. Well great. Well we look forward to coming over there. Thank you. Thank you, Jr.
0: Coach. You have a great weekend. Talk to you real soon, man.
3: All right, partner. Take Uh, care. All right. All right. right, Bye-bye.
4: Tennessee football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guides you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers.
0: JR, the boss man. Show. Get joined by Davis Cup team member. He'll be okay. in Nashville, Tennessee, April six, seven, and 8th, Kirby Event Center. Our guy Steve Johnson on the show with us. Steve, man, how's Miami, man? Uh, it's
4: good. You know, it's uh, anytime you get a chance to play somewhere in your home country, it's uh, it's awesome. So, you know, even though I'm an LA guy, you know, coming to the East Coast still, it still still feels like home.
0: Now, Steve, you and I have met a couple of times, if you might remember, in the, in the Fox and Hound in Memphis. We've met a few times there.
4: Of course. I mean, that's, that's a staple while yeah. we were in Memphis, while the tour event was there.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, you, I, we we talked a few times. We saw you with Sam Querrey a few times. You was yeah, eating, man. So we've talked a few times. When you see me, you'll be like, yeah, I remember you from Fox and Hound in Memphis. I remember you. <laughs> So man, I want to get into it with you, man. High side of you being part of the Davis Cup team once more, man, coming in Nashville, playing against Belgium, uh, against a team that's can pose some trouble to you, but you know, you guys are five great guys, all singles players play doubles as well. So you gotta feel good about the chance and having a guy like Captain Courier to encourage you in each match.
4: Yeah, you know, it's such a unique format to play Davis Cup, you get a, a chance to be part of a team which is you know, something you don't get a chance to most, most of the year on the tour, so especially to be on the team with guys like John and Sam, Jack and Ryan. These guys are all really good buddies. All We're all really close. We're a tight-knit group, and, you know, we just want to, you know, help try and bring uh, the state's, you know, a, a Davis Cup title back uh, back here to home. So, you know, we're really excited to get to, to Nashville, you know, get a home tie. We always love having home crowds, home support. It's just, the you know, it's electric. The atmosphere is awesome, and, um, you know, it's just fun because it's not as uh, – you know, it's like every other tennis tournament. You know, we really love the noise, you know, at, at Davis Cup. We love, you know, the energy that the crowd brings and, and everything that goes along with it.
0: Now, Steve, now for you, you're a USC guy. You know, you play on this was a great Tococcius player. You and Johnny Israel play at Georgia. So, for you guys, it has to feel real good to be in our team format again where you both thrive there at Georgia and UCSC respectively. So, for you guys, like you back at home again
4: it, in college. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, the two of us absolutely love Davis Cup because we get to be on a team again. You know, we we both did it for four years in college, and we loved every minute of it. So you know, we always talk about it when we're when we get a chance to be on the same team know, how much fun it is, how how much we enjoy, you know, playing for you know your your teammates and your brothers next to you and the guys sitting there on the bench and you know because some you know when you're out here on by yourself in most of these tournaments you know it's just you and you know you you play you know with with your with your buddies but you know you just don't get that same team feeling that you're all working towards the same goal.
0: And for you, man, uh, if, you, if you don't say queer, you do the same, Coach and Craig Boy and CB. So I got to ask you, man, how does that work? Like, say if you, you, don't, you don't see on the court, he's on grandstand or some court one. How does CB manage both for you when you both play at the same time? And how do you do that when you play each other? Like, how does he do that for you guys? Well, love to hear about Yeah, that.
4: luckily we haven't played each other since we started working together for a couple of years, which is we like to keep that trend going somehow, um, unless it's you know, on the finals or semis or somewhere later on in a tournament. But Um, You know, the the ATP is is really kind of beneficial. They've really benefited from us and and TB and and everything going forward. Uh, You know, they try not to schedule us at the exact same time. So, you know, he can get from one to the other. And and so they've been really good about uh, splitting us up in terms of, you know, timing of of our matches. But that's great. Sam and I have known each other since we were, you know, 10 and under. Um, We've played a lot of tennis together. We're both – we live close to each other in L.A. We're really good buddies. We spend a lot of time together. So, for us, it was such an easy – you know, opportunity to have you know a coach that we both really love working with, and someone that you know really gets us both as as people as well as tennis players. So he can manage us, you know, both on and off the court, and, and kind of keep us uh, ticking in the right, and keep us going in the right direction.
0: We have Steve Johnson here. We're on the Boss Man Show now. Steve, both of you, L.A. guys, who tell me. Uh, I know Sam's a Cl- a Clipper guy. Are you a Laker guy or a Cl- Clipper guy? You
4: know, I, I love. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm one or the other. I just really enjoy watching good basketball. Um, you know, I think I'm just uh, I'm just a basketball fan, so you know, I just enjoy turning on you know TV every night, and watching watching good games and and these guys, you know, see how athletic, how incredible they are, what they do, and um, it's been it's been super fun, you know, to get a chance, you know, at all these tournaments, you know, throughout the states to to meet some NBA guys when we go to their cities and do some stuff. So it's been it's been a blast. But you know, I just you know I'm getting excited for uh, for NBA postseason coming up and and seeing what the guys have to offer.
0: Yeah, man. Like I told you off the air, man. I I I work for the Hawks Radio Network, so I see the Hawks every night. So I don't get to see great basketball, man. Hey,
4: hey, you you taking as mine? get get to the next one.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like, like, like this week, we got, we got, we had. Utah last night, Sacramento on Thursday, and Golden State on Friday, and Houston on Sunday. So at least we we'll can see two good teams in the next few days. Yeah, it's going to be that's
4: a what tough was. little uh, West Coast road trip for the boys.
0: Oh yeah, and then get to get to Steve. We went was in Milwaukee, with the Utah, Sacramento, Golden State, Houston, then back to Minnesota. That <laughs> makes no sense to me. The, the NBA like what? Gotta, what kind of schedule was that? Yeah, you guys got to talk to somebody at the NBA
4: to get a better schedule than that. That's tough.
0: Yeah, man, I'm like, whoa, like for I think it'd be Milwaukee Musola didn't go out west, did go for <laughs> the I'm like, man, come on, it's crazy. This is crazy, but yeah, man, it's great, man. Like, and I know a few tennis guys. Like, you all love other, other sports. So, are you a football guy? Are you, are you a, like a you a Chargers Raiders guy? West? Like, what do you
4: know, y'all like out there? L A. Have football? Yeah, sports. you know, I was. Uh, I wouldn't say I had a, a football team until a couple of years ago, and then once the Rams, you know, announced they were moving back to L A. um uh, I guess you can. I wouldn't say I jumped on the bandwagon, but as soon as they moved back to LA, I was I was all in. So I'm, I would say I'm a Rams fan now, and um, you know I'm being an, I'm an Orange County guy where I, where I grew up, so I'm a huge Angels and uh, Ducks fan. So uh, those are those would be the teams that I follow most closely, and now it's now it's you know the Rams in there as well, and of course you know anything that SC has going on.
0: I feel you on there, man. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I had a classmate of mine, uh, Patrick Charner, who played at USC back in the day. But he dropped that key ball in that, in that championship game. I could get on him all the time. So he, could, he could have changed that game, bro. Uh, caught that ball, you know. I but bet he remembers it he's, too. we see, guys. Will. <laughs> Man, man I'm Steve, like, you know, you're a doubles guy, man. In the Davis Cup, before, knowing doubles. So you can play with John Isner, Jack Sox, Sam Querrey, of course, and Ryan Harrison. So what about your game, Steve, is it easy to play with these guys, win with these guys, whether it be Isner, Querrey, Harrison, or Sock on the doubles court?
4: You know, I think it's that's the beauty of the, the five guys on our team right now. Anybody, Any one of us can play singles. Any one of us can play doubles with each other. And you've seen success from, from just about every one of our combinations. You know, Ryan, myself, Jack, and myself. John and Sam, John and Jack, you name it. And uh, so I think that gives us a great opportunity of uh, putting a team together, you know, both singles and doubles. And, you know, for me, I just love being, you know, out there and being part of the team. So anybody who I play with, we're going we're gonna to go out there and have some fun and compete to the end.
0: You get now let me ask you, Steve, now about your doubles game. How, how does it help you on the singles court when you go play singles with, when you have success on the doubles court with one of those guys?
4: Yeah, you know, it, it's definitely helpful to play the doubles because you get a chance to – to really kind of focus in on, you know, a different set of skills that the doubles, uh, you know, needs, and, and maybe you know it could help you with the singles, you know, on the serves and returns and volleys, and, and just you know having somebody out there with you to work through some tough situations uh, on the doubles court can always help your singles, um, you know, help give you the confidence or help you, you know, re find what you know makes you tick best out there on the singles court.
0: Now, you got I know you got Miami right now. Davis Cup coming up. you got to the final title in Houston. And that's on clay. I mean, I wouldn't call you a clay court specialist, but how excited are you to defend title in Houston after the Davis Cup
4: tie here? Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, Houston I was fortunate enough to win win Houston last year, so that was awesome like, you know, my my first title here in the state. So, uh but you know, I know I know the five of us are really looking forward to Nashville, um you know, getting home. You know, I've never been. You know, I've heard such good things about the city. You know, I'm super excited to get there and then you know, going from there to Houston is going to be a blast because Houston is just another great city that we all, you know, that we all love and we all love to play in. So it's going to be a great couple of weeks after Miami finishes for us to, to really kick off, you know, and end our, you know, states kind of the, the tournaments in the states with a, with a bang.
0: Now, Steve, are you a hot chicken guy, man?
4: I have never had it, but I am thoroughly interested in trying it once I get to Nashville
0: yes indeed like you can go to hattie b's (laughs) 400 degrees uh knockout wings princess hot chicken now i must warn you some of the mile is like a hot that you were just hot, hot, hot. Now, me personally, I'm not already a hot chicken guy, Steve. I'm tell you, the mild, 400 degrees, 100 degrees, it made my nose and my eyes water, and I had to drink like four different things of drinks to get my mouth out to be <laughs> burning. So, have to take your pick, man. No, I like to, I don't, I, I was careful. just no hot spicy chicken right away. On, past Wednesday.
4: <laughs> I can't be going spicy right away because that that might you know knock my face off,
0: man. Bro, i will tell you, you gotta, you gotta build up to it. Like, maybe on Sunday when the ties over, you maybe do it then.
4: Every possible. <laughs> but not
0: no, on... we'll celebrate with that. Yes, indeed. Well, man, I look forward to seeing you in Nashville. I'll be here at the top myself. Look forward to say, hey, remember me from Fox Fox Hound? And so you're like, okay, oh yeah, now guy. we got so, it. Now we good. Yeah, man. Look so forward to seeing you in Nashville, man. Good luck in Miami, man, and we'll see you soon. I hope I can't wait to see you guys beat Belgium in the Belmont in uh, Nashville on April six, seven, and eighth, man.
4: Sounds good. We'll see you there. All right, buddy. See you. <laughs>
0: Right, folks, back here on the Boss Man Show. Time for three-man weave. It's the boss man with JC Smith. JD Beckler is snowed in up in Cleveland, Ohio, JC. He my man can't get in the studio at all. He's messed up, man.
5: Yeah, all heard they got a real bad uh, uh, snowstorm going on up there, right? Snowed
0: in and no power, bro. Oh, that's
5: crazy. Yes indeed.
0: Well it ain't crazy though, bro, is this bro. The Memphis Tigers got their man hard away. Hard away. <laughs> Your penny hard away. So bruh, how lit is Memphis right now that Penny's back leading the Tigers, man.
5: Let me tell you, bro, the city is hype. You know, it's like it's like the good old days are here again, man. Back when, you know, Penny and uh Coach Larry Finch, you know, back in the early nineties when they were going to Elite Eight to uh Calipari and the glory days here in the mid-2000s and late-2000s going to the Elite Eight and Final Fours and coming within one minute of of winning the national championship. It feels like those days are here again, uh, you know, with the uh, the signing of Penny Hardaway as the next Memphis uh, head basketball coach, man. It was a move that it had to be made, you know, after – after really four uh, lackluster years, you know, uh, the last two years of Coach Pastner and two years of Tubby, you know, it seemed like that Memphis Memphis basketball just kind of took a, you know, uh, a dip and uh, to a point where, you know, people were really, you know, didn't care anymore about uh, Memphis basketball these last couple of years. And it took a backburn to the Grizzlies here, of course, locally. And, you know, this became an afterthought, you know, to a lot of fans here in the city. But now it's it's back on again, man. Uh, Penny is the 19th uh, head basketball coach in Memphis Tiger uh, history now. And you can just tell, man, that he's ready to hit the ground running and he's getting the stab in place. And they already got uh, one big-time recruit here from the city who had had committed originally to go to Wichita State. But uh, Coach Marshall of Wichita State last night uh, released uh, Alex Lomax from his – his letter of intent. So, uh, Lomax is now able to, uh, to come back home and, uh, and play with team penny, man.
0: Uh, hear that, And I heard some things about them possibly going into the old uniforms. Is, is that going to happen or what's the word on that, man?
5: Oh yeah. It's on the topic, man. You know, of course, penny being the starter, he is having the Nike deal and he's already been in contact with Nike because actually, uh, the school's contract with Nike, uh, it's supposed to end uh, after uh, this year. But, of course, now that Penny's on board, man, Nike is already talking about doing big things, man, as far as the uniform, the shoes. And they even talking about bringing uh, little Penny out of retirement, man, and doing some things Lil Penny now.
0: No doubt. No doubt. So I'd say Memphis is going to be on 10, so – Penny said himself, no offense to the Grizzlies, but the Memphis Tiger basketball is most important in Memphis, but it's Tiger basketball, which I agree with because even for the Grizzlies, when they played in the Pyramid, it was still out the Tigers, man, and so, now, Penny Hardaway, insistence-wise, he got one of them in there, I think it's Matlock, I know he probably needs an a, a ex-head coach and a young guy who can get players, so, who are you looking at for his staff, man?
5: Yeah, man, that's a great question, boss. You know, as far as, like you said, you know, Tony Matlock, uh, a guy who played with Penny in, uh, back in uh, the 91-92 season. He was his uh, backcourt uh, teammate here at U of M. So, Penny's very familiar with Tony Madlock. You talk about a guy who has over 20 years of college basketball, you know, uh, coaching experience. And uh, he was just recently the interim head coach down there at Ole Miss. And you know, Tony Madlock, he's a guy that knows the area. He knows the recruits here. So, he's going to definitely help Penny out big time uh, on his staff there. And you talk about some other names out there. You know, uh, Penny is uh, very fond of uh, the great uh, Larry Brown. And, you know, th- uh, Larry Brown was on radio uh, here recently, you know, speaking about, you know, joining Penny uh, here at Memphis. And he said he would love to do it if, uh, you know, if the school would allow it. If the U of M uh, administrators and A.D., Will allow Penny to bring uh, Larry Brown and his staff, man. So that could be something, you know. That could be worked out, you know. And coming another name that's being thrown out there as well is uh, former Grizzly uh, Mike Miller, who uh, runs the AAU program here in Memphis, also. And him and Penny have been in, been in talk. There's been a connection there as far as maybe Mike Miller joining the staff. So you know, it's a lot of names being thrown out, man. But Penny's gonna make a great. Uh, great decision, great choice when it comes to his staff. He know he knows what he wants, and you know at the end of the day, I believe he's going to get the guys that he needs to uh, be successful here.
0: Now, speaking of a, a team down the road, man, Ole Miss. I got to talk to you about Kermit Davis. I know him pretty well from the MTSU, but what he said really just rubbed me the wrong way. In his press conference the other day, he said we're going to be a respectful team that makes the flag that national anthem. All those things from a culture is what we're about now, bruh. You an old miss already. The rebels already. Mississippi favorite flag already. Unprovoked, you go there. And you need to recruit young black men to play at a school named the Rebels. Well say Flag Favorite Flag in Mississippi at the worst job in the SEC in Oxford Mississippi. Worst job in the SEC probably is Oxford or or Mississippi State. You can take your pick on each day of the week. And you say that. Now, Kermit Davis is somebody I called a friend previously, but JC, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. At this point, I don't wanna have him on the show anymore based on what he just said. And I don't know how he feels about that trying to get kicked on old miss. You no know, and, and a guy in the culture we're in, the climate we're in right now, the culture we're in right now says something that tone deaf like that.
5: Yeah, not a uh, smart move at all, I was unaware of those comments that uh, that he made there. But, yeah, that's definitely uh, not smart at all when you're trying to recruit in the SEC and, you know, uh, a sport like, like college basketball where, you know, you're going to be going after young black men. And to say something like that, you're right, so tone deaf. And uh, keep in mind, Ole Miss was uh, talking about uh, hiring Penny Hardaway also at first. You know, they, his name was mentioned, and there was some serious talk about uh, them offering Penny the job down there at Ole Miss, you know. So I wonder, you know, uh, will comments like that maybe come back to uh, bite Ole Miss in the butt there down the road Is when it's time to try to get, you know, top-level recruits. And those recruits seeing, hey, what's going on here at Memphis, you know, Penny, the swag, how cool the U of M is now, you know, you know, that may stray some of those uh, guys who may were thinking about, thinking about going to Ole Miss. They may come to Memphis now.
0: Yeah, man, you just can't say that, man. Like, I'm at a point, JC, where, hey, if you feel that way, fine. But if you're in a business where you need young African-American males for your success, I want to express those kind of comments out loud. If you're talking about that around your buddies around golf or coffee or tea, but out in open at your opening press conference, it's like exactly. you're attacking your black players from the jump. Like you're, you're gonna do this. You're not what? It just exactly. rubbed me the wrong way. That's why I can't say I'm having the show anymore because I can't talk, talk to him with a unbiasedly you now, based on the comments. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. I really can't. Cause I don't believe what what you have said. is rubbed me toilet the, the wrong way as a black male. You know what I'm saying?
5: No doubt. No doubt, man. Absolutely. Like this ain't. It'd be one thing if you coach in college baseball. <laughs> and, old oh, man, you could probably get away with those comments and it's all good. But, man, it's college basketball, man. And you're already in the SEC and you're going up against the likes of a Coach Cal at Kentucky, who, who you know would never say anything like that. Uh, Rick Barnes in Tennessee was killing it right now, man. So, you know, it's stiff competition. So, yeah, you, you don't want to yourself behind the A ball, you know, uh, in a manner of speaking, in regards to saying something like that.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, we got to talk about in the NFL real quick before you get out of here here, three-man-weave today with you and myself. The Jets, they gave up three second-round picks to move down, to move up to three spots. That is a overpay alias world, kind of like how the Bears got heel in and you know, trading for Trubisky up spot up by the 49ers. I don't understand, bro, uh, why these teams are burning their draft capital not being smart. About it when trying to get these marginal quarterbacks or these potential talents like the Jets, who are a bad team, who need players, you give up four picks for three spots. Pretty much. To me, it makes no sense when you're
5: the bad as the Jets are. Yeah, not smart at all. And like you said, you know, the quarterbacks in the draft right now. There's not one QB that I could point to, and be like, you know what, that guy's a surefire Pro Bowler, surefire Hall of Fame uh, caliber player. You know, there's no Andrew Luck or anything like that in this draft. With the quarterbacks you got some guys who could potentially be good down the road, but there's not one guy I could point to and say, you know what, that guy's a ten-year starter in the league. You know, so for the like I said, the Jets being a bad team already and you know you need picks to build your team back up yeah it wasn't that wasn't smart at all those are the type of moves that get you fired in the next year or two if the QB that you select you know is a bust you know so yeah i not didn't understand that move at all like I said you, you would have been good where you were you know and taking the quarterback and the quarterback is probably still be there anyway you know a guy you know if it's not Darnold if it's not Rosen you know, Baker Mayfield may be there. You know, so, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all, bro.
0: Yeah, because the Giants are picking second. Now, the Bills will trade up to three, or they may they may give up their pits to go to three. But, I mean, let's not overpay for a not sure thing. And the Jets already have Hackenberg on their roster, and they have Bryce Petty, and they have Bridgewater now, and Josh McCown. Like, and you don't draft a quarterback, so you have five quarterbacks on your roster. So, obviously, you telling me that Petty and Hackenberg will not be back. And it's like, what right. are you doing if you're the Jets? Once again, if you went for the Browns, Jets to be the worst team in the NFL, forced worst mistakes, oh, it would be the Jets behind the Browns. If the Browns were, was not, were not the Browns, and the Browns to be making good decisions there with Tyrod Taylor getting, you know, Jarvis Landry. They should to be making making better better moves now since they got John Dorsey as GM now. So it's like, man, the Jets, you, you it's on you now for me in Washington. League is on the Jets
5: now. Yeah, hey, this is the Jets being the Jets, man.
0: And bro, if I close, I got two stories for you from from the, from the box report real quick here. Uh, you're gonna love this one, like it's so Florida of this person. Here we go. We have a Florida man arrested, bro, for trying to sell a stolen puppy back to the original owners.
5: Oh wow. Okay. All right. So, my man. Uh, so it's in Florida, correct? Yes, very much so. Okay. Very Florida. All right. So he stole the puppy originally, and did the uh, owners of the puppy put out, put out like, a uh, lost and found, uh, uh, like, like, a, like a, uh, a flyer or something like that? Sure Offering a reward for it or something? And oh, okay. And he posted on Christmas right. to, meet, to meet
0: him at Jack in the Box, sell it back to him.
5: But how did they know that he stole the puppy originally, though?
0: They they got security cameras right on their property from
5: eighty. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Alright, well I can't I can't blame a man for trying to hustle, you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I I can't blame him, you know. That's very creative, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That sounds like something you find off like a uh, sitcom or something, man. But uh but yeah. That's very that's very floor, it's very Florida like right there.
0: We got one more for you here. Dumb and reckless, we have a Miami nightclub shut down after a horse that stops a hole and party goes ridden in on by a woman.
5: Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, re- 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 rewind that, what happened, what's going Dumb and on?
0: Reckless, Miami Nightclub is shut down after horse nearly stomps a hole in party goers ridden by a Florida woman.
5: Dog, <laughs> nah, it got too much going on, man, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that, bro, it's too much, <laughs> it's too many layers, dog, I can't, I can't deal with that, man. <laughs> we'll try this with while we had it. A uh,
0: Florida man still's an ambulance, complains to an officer about long wait time, saying, "Quote, it was too cold. It was waiting too long. They ain't bring me any any graham crackers."
5: I mean, yeah, everybody knows, man. You know, you need graham crackers. You know, why you you know waiting on ambulance or whatever, man. Like that's the official official snack. <laughs> Of nine one one dispatch calls, man. You know you gotta have ground crackers, man. So yeah, come on. Everybody knows that, <laughs> no
0: doubt. But bro, if we close up the shop today. <laughs> talk about clicks. What you got going on? Three Kings. I'll see y'all on Facebook doing your thing, bro. Talk to the people about what y'all got popping off at clicks. What's about Memphis, baby?
5: Hey, man. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. Once again, you know it goes down, man. The the, the bad boys, the karaoke. You know the karaoke kings, man. Three Kings. Uh, we do it each and every Saturday at clicks. Sports Bar, uh, Billiards and Sports Bar it Clicks here, man. So definitely check us out on Facebook, uh, Three Kings Karaoke page and all that, man. We got some big things popping uh, for the summer, man. So just stay tuned, man. We're coming at
0: you. No doubt, folks. Three-man weed. Ball J.C.,
5: Snowed Snowden, we out. And you don't
0: know, now
1: you're know. You're know.